We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let me step back for a minute. Tired of the gimmicks. See, we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center. We about to get litty. Luca carrying a torch. Borden jumped up off the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game. And he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team and it's full of talent. When we're finished, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see hold on wait silence the critics cause they never did it past l jordan i woke up the city map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney go back to batman i'm calling them drizzy both triple doubles i'm waiting on 50 step back smoother you know it's so filthy if i get down on my team gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find our pod account at Step Back Mavs. Today, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to come on here, uh, and a lot has happened. You know, the Mavs, they fell to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the off season is officially in full swing. We're less than a month away from the NBA draft and free agency, and there's already a handful of rumors and speculation going around about what the Mavs might do. Uh, but today, I'm going to reshare uh, an interview I did with my buddy uh, Tim Ham. He is my colleague at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, he does some other stuff uh, for you know Mike Fisher sites. Uh, but you can find him at IndyCar Tim on Twitter, and I joined his podcast uh, recently, the Drunk Sports Podcast. Uh, and you know, we talked about, and you can find them at Drunk Sports DFW uh, on Twitter as well. But I joined Tim and his co-host and talked about, you know, how the Mavs season should be perceived. 
you know, it was a success and, you know, what they can improve on and whether it was a fluke, you know, as Charles Barkley liked to say it was uh, when the when the series ended, and then how the team can improve going forward. I also talked about Jason Kidd's first year, uh, Jalen Brunson's upcoming free agency, uh, why I think Miles Turner is the best option for the Mavs as far as upgrading their starting center position and a lot of other stuff. So guys, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, We'll try and get back on more of a normal schedule uh, as we get closer to the draft, but just wanted to drop this in here and you know, let y'all hear my thoughts on everything that's gone down here recently. It's time to bury the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, well, I mean, and their season. Oh, you can bury the season. I don't think we need to bury the whole damn team. Well, you know what? That has yet to be determined because we have a draft coming up. We've got an entire off season to see how they are able to screw things up even further. I mean, they looks like they're doing pretty good so far. And I thought, you know what, Colby? Who better to pick the brain of than Mister Maverick? As joining us now on the phone, Colby, is Mr. Dalton Trigg of Dallas. He's the editor-in-chief over at DallasBasketball.com. He is also the host of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How are you today, Dalton? Tim, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I'm still kind of getting used to the offseason. It all kind of ended very abruptly, but, you know, we're uh, we're getting used to it. We're we're trucking along here and i'm getting ready for the draft and free agency and all that good stuff even though the the maps have a such a such a great history with with all those things <laughs> right exactly yeah why, i'm, still, I'm why, still getting ready for it why should we think we're going to be disappointed yet again now let me ask you a question right here off the top you said that the season ended abruptly did it really end abruptly for you because i feel like we sort of all were just waiting for it yeah i mean i, I think it ended pretty abruptly because they came off of the you know the high of that seven-game series against Phoenix, uh, down three-two against the top team in the league, you kind of you kind of figured their odds of winning it weren't very good anyway. And right. then they outscore the the Suns by like almost a hundred points over the next two games to win the series. And so they're you know you got that new sense of belief, and they played well against the Warriors in the regular season. So you kind of thought you know it would be a longer series than what it was, and then bam dynasty warriors come back out of nowhere and in yeah. <laughs> things in five so i it was abrupt for me because i honestly i expected a six or seven game series even against the uh against the warriors yeah yeah like i said i mean they matched up really well with them in the regular season and uh you know i i i think and i'm sure i'm sure some people will disagree with me but i think the Mavs matched up pretty good with the Warriors. They didn't have the star power, but it, I think it was fatigue more than anything else because, you know, they don't have enough players to, you know, for Jason Kidd to extend his playoff rotation past, like, seven guys. And, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, the team's best defenders, they had played more than 100 minutes more than the top two players on the Warriors, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, heading into that series. So, you know, the fatigue got to them. You know, the defense wasn't what it was in that Phoenix series. And, you know, after two straight rounds of that, I think those minutes finally caught up to them. So that's one of the things. You know, I don't think I don't think they have to have, like, a complete roster overhaul this summer. They definitely need to upgrade the center position. Uh, they could use an extra, 
uh, an extra wing, you know, to kind of bolster that depth and kind of take the pressure off of Finney Smith and Bullock going into next year. I'm actually writing a piece about uh, an option, you know, that they should look at on draft night. Uh, I'll let y'all decide if y'all want to get into that here in a bit, but Sure. You know, I, I, think, I don't, I don't, you know, we all want them to get that second star next to Luca, but I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, I don't think it's do or die with that. I think they can still make this roster deeper and, you know, take another step towards being a title contender without actually, you know, swinging for the fences, so to speak. You, you know, I, I, I love everything that you're saying, and I, I caught myself actually looking at this team and, and th- trying to, to picture exactly um, how they got there and 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 how they put this thing together, and it started making me actually wonder: um, Is this team was it a product of just an awesome run in the playoffs? I mean, I know we saw this as a good regular season team, one of the best ones we've seen around here in, in a little bit. But getting into the playoffs, I, I wondered if this is. Uh, was this a fool's gold team? Would they play the, as well the next time around if you just added pieces? Or is it something coming up next season with, you know, Memphis is going to be better and you don't think Golden State is going anywhere and you start looking at, well, what are the Lakers going to do? And and it, will Phoenix upgrade anything? How far down the list does that put the Mavericks if they just add one piece or so? Are they going to remain in the mix or is it going to start looking like, you know, six, seven, or maybe – eighth seed is somewhere in this West if other teams do what I expect them to do? I mean, it's going to be tougher for sure. I mean, you know, the West is definitely going to get better. Uh, the Clippers are going to be right back there. Right. You never know what the Lakers are going to do. Uh, you know, uh, let's see, who am I missing? Denver. Denver's going to be a monster next year when they get their guys back. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be harder. But, I mean, I just don't know how much fool's gold there is with the Mavs when – you know, for the for the entire calendar year of the regular season heading into the playoffs, they were thirty five and twelve. Right. You know that I think they were second only to Phoenix. Uh, you know, with how they played. So I mean, and, and and it's not like they had a cupcake schedule either. They were beating you know the the Bulls when they were fully healthy and the number one team in the East. They beat them. They beat the Warriors when they were the number one team in the league uh, on Dirk Night. Held them to eighty two points. You know, the defense was consistent. Jason Kidd came in, and, you know, it's not just Jason Kidd. It's his coaching staff, too, that's been incredible. But they just – they've completely changed the identity of this team, you know, from what it was under Rick Carlisle. And you can you can just see that. Like, And they struggled, you know, while they were implementing that system and the identity change at the beginning of the year – they struggled, and you had Luca with the ankle injury, and you had the COVID protocol stuff. Guys were in and out. You know, they had Brandon Knight uh, playing 20 minutes against certain teams right. <laughs> around Christmas, yep. and he hadn't played in a game since, like, 2019. So, you know, there were so many things that contributed to that, you know, sluggish start. But, you know, once everybody got healthy, once Luca got in shape, uh, you know, even with Tim Hardaway Jr. going down, who was, you know, their second leading scorer at the time, uh, or, well, third leading scorer because Jalen Brunson took such a big leap. Uh, even with him going down, they still had that super 35-12 and 12 run in the regular season, and then we saw what they were capable of in the postseason. So I don't really think it's fool's gold. I think they can tweak the roster and still make a deep run without adding a secondary star, even with the West 
you know, potentially being tougher next year. But, you know, we'll just we'll see how it goes. I, I just think – I think what Jason Kidd and his staff has implemented for this team is sustainable going into the future. So you just mentioned Jalen Brunson's name. Um, of course, there's some question as to where he may be playing next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on him coming back to the Mavs? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think he's definitely gonna. Uh, the Mavs are definitely gonna resign him. I mean, I just really? they don't have it. They don't have a choice. I mean, if they if he, if they let him walk, they're already over the cap. So it's not like they're it's not like they could let him walk and then like go spend that money that they were gonna spend on him elsewhere. So you know they basically don't have a choice. You you have to pay him, whether it's anywhere from fifteen to twenty five million dollars a year. You know you hope it's not the twenty five, but. You know, you have to just pay him, and then if you end up trading him later or even if he takes another step and becomes even better than what he was the past year, you know, you just roll with it. But they don't—they really don't have a choice. Their, their hands are kind of tied there. They had a choice. They could have signed him earlier. They could have. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Well, I they could have. He's, he's a piece you got to bring back if you want to continue this momentum after this In the thing. And the thing is, I mean, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and, you know, Rick Brunson, his father, said some stuff, and, you know, there, there's some rumors out there. But, look, even if the Mavs had offered that four-year $55 million extension that they got Dorian Finney-Smith to sign during the year, even if they had offered it before the year, I mean, would, would he have really have taken it? Because, you know, that's the most that they could offer him until they got to free agency this summer. So I, I have a hard time believing that he would have accepted that before the season started. But, you know, but yeah, like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty, and right. they have to sign him now. You can't let him walk for nothing because there's nothing else you can do. with. You don't have any cap space. No, that would create some uh, finagling uh, around and trying to move pieces, and it may end up with a desperate finagling of trying to, to move some of your – your your stars that you have here that are under big contracts in order to get a you know, an expiring contract and then see and then you got a whole another year to go to to try and get that 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 star to go along with Luca. So as far as because we heard I, uh, Nico talking about immediately saying that he wanted to try and upgrade the center position in in the whole world of, of Dalton, who's the dream spot as far as who would fit with this team? financially and everything else who's that who's who's a couple of those guys that you think would 
fill that center position well. Please say Miles Turner. I was I was about to say I I was about to say I I love Miles Turner. He's right there in that sweet spot salary wise. Like he you know he he's not too he's not Rudy Gobert forty three million dollars a year. He's right there at eighteen million. Uh, he's on an expiring deal unless he comes out of nowhere and signs an extension with Indiana uh, this offseason, which I don't see him doing. But, uh, you know, he, he's versatile. He can shoot a three-pointer if you need to. He leads the league in blocks. Uh, I just think he would be the ideal center to put on this, this current Mavs roster. And another thing I like about that idea is, you know, some of the Mavs pieces that, might not be as attractive to other teams. You know, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, some of those guys. Rick Carlisle, well, I don't know about Tim Hardaway Jr., but Rick Carlisle, he apparently loved Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell. Well, we know he liked Dwight Powell. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know, maybe maybe the Mavs could do something like, you know, Maxi and Dwight Powell and, you know, this year's first-round pick or even a future first-round pick. Uh, and, and kind of get something done there. Because the thing with Indiana, they've kind of gotten to a point now where if, if Miles Turner doesn't sign an extension this summer, then you risk losing him for nothing, you know, next summer if you don't try and get what you can for him now. So uh, they probably should have traded him earlier, but, you know, I'm glad they didn't because I think it raises the, the Mavs' chances of potentially prying him away. And really, if it, what you have in mind if you're if you're the Mavs is you just need somebody to protect the rim, right? I mean, that's what you need the most right. out of a out of somebody to replace Dwight Powell. Well, I mean, rim protection is is something that you definitely need, but to, even more than that, to me, because of uh, being really the the teams that got you were that other three and D that ran in and then right. pitched it out. Um, is somebody that can clean the glass. Mm -hmm. You desperately need somebody that's catching rebounds. And so if if that's your number one, and usually what happens with the Mavericks is the number one people they're going after, they don't get. Do you have a number two and a number three? Yeah, I mentioned earlier, too, you know, it's it's not just the center position. I mean, if that's all they end up coming away with, an upgrade at starting center, that'd be great. But they really need to, you know, add some depth at the wing position, too, because, you know, Josh Green, I love Josh Green. I I think he does have some potential. Uh, You know, it's just going to take him a while to get there. But, you know, he's just not a guy you can play in the playoffs. He showed that, you know, this past postseason and, you know, one thing I'm working on right now, I'm actually I'm probably going to post it soon after we get off here on DallasBasketball.com, but uh, I'd like to see them get together with the Sacramento Kings and try to bring back Harrison Barnes, who is a different Ooh. player, who is a different player from, you know, when he was in Dallas. He's He knows how to play in a secondary role. He's, he's a seasoned veteran. He'd be a great add of depth off the bench. And then also try and get Rashawn Holmes you know, in a package deal uh, with the Kings. That would be that would be amazing if they could, you know, kill two birds, one stone there. And, and a little bit more forecasting, if I can get that out of you, because uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., how he fits with this now team is, is something that leaves me at a little bit of a question mark. Do I, I love his game. But defensively is not, at least from what I've seen, not always what he's – uh, best at is is there uh, because of the system is he a usable piece uh, piece for Jason Kidd? 
Before the KP trade, I would have said I don't think he's a usable piece. I mean, the fit was obviously not good at all. Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, I think they would have traded him had he not broken his foot uh, before the trade deadline. I mean, he, the fit just wasn't, wasn't there. He was shooting a career worst, 33% from deep. Right. Uh, so, you know, I just – I think after the trade, though, it's kind of interesting because the, one of the first things I said when the Mavs made that trade is I was like, man – what if Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back now and he plays with Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench? You know, he has a true secondary creator now uh, off the bench. You know, his shot selection should be better than what it was, you know, as a six-man not having that guy like Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. So that's one thing I would be intrigued by. I don't I don't necessarily know if Hardaway Jr. is going to be on the roster past uh, the NBA draft or, you know, later on into the summer, but – if he is, that's one thing I'm looking for because I do think he'll play better with Dinwiddie than you know he did just kind of by himself off the bench before the trade happened. Let me ask you a little bit about uh, the rookie head coach here with the Mavs. I guess he's not a rookie head coach. He's a rookie head coach with the Mavs. Um, I've been somewhat of a Jason Kidd. I wouldn't say hater, Colby. No, I more would. A, I, I, you're, you're, you're Jason Kidd dumb no, is what you are. I, I've been more of an – Unbeliever, I think, in Jason Kidd uh-huh. and his hire. I wasn't a fan of the hire. I, I call it stupid. That's okay. Ahead. You're allowed. You can have an opinion. I mean, I know. I know got what opinions one. are like. Mm-hmm. We both but, got one of those too. Yeah, my, mine are usually better than yours. Your your things bit better than mine. No, my opinion. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the second hour. Um, but I don't <laughs> see penis on the run sheet. We've got Dalton Trigg here, the editor in chief <laughs> of. DallasBasketball.com, as well as the host of the Mavs Step Back podcast, uh, also over there at DallasBasketball.com. So let me ask you a little bit about Jason Kidd. What were what what are some of the things maybe that he grew that you think he grew as a head coach doing, and you know maybe what are some things maybe that he did wrong still this year? Well, one of the things, and this is something I've said, you know, pretty much all year, even before they they the Mavs had that great run in the second half. People just wanted to bury him right off the bat. And I kept saying, you know, look, he he was not the same guy the last two years as an assistant coach with the Lakers than his previous stops as a head coach with the Nets and with the Bucks. Uh, you know, he learned a lot under Frank Vogel. He had said that in, you know, many interviews. Uh, you know, guys like LeBron Stark, like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, that that, that roster – uh, for the Lakers that won the, the bubble championship. You know, all of them just had so much respect for him. Last summer, before the Mavs hired Jason Kidd, Damian Lillard came out and said, Jason Kidd is my guy. That's the guy I want the Blazers to hire. And, you know, they didn't. So, <laughs> and you know, there's conspiracy stuff to be thrown out there, but that we'll save that for later this summer. Uh so, I mean, look, I, I think he did most of his growing while he was in L.A. I think he was very well prepared for this first season. Uh, I think going into the interview process, I think Nico Harrison and Mark Cuban and even Dirk was involved with all that. I think they understood that. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't just Jake Kidd. It's like it's the staff they put around him too. Like He, he has an awesome staff. Sean Sweeney, uh, he's a defensive mastermind. Jake Kidd is himself too, but, you know, Sean Sweeney adds to that. 
Igor Kokoskov, you know, he's an he's a brilliant offensive mind. They brought him over. Uh, you know, he coached the uh, Slovenian team with Luca overseas at one point. So, you know, there's a lot of guys on that bench that really helped. You know, Jason Kidd excel this year, but. He learned he learned most of it in LA. That's the short answer. And you know, Nico Harrison came on our podcast, Math Setback Podcast, after the trade deadline, and you know, he reiterated all of that. You know, he said that he, he went as far as to say the Lakers wouldn't have won uh, the twenty twenty championship if Jason Kidd hadn't been on the roster. Yeah, I believe that. No, you don't. I do. <laughs> Wait, those are things that I said, and now because Dalton says it, now you're like, no, never mind. I believe it now. <laughs> I believe it. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like he was 100% responsible, but as an assistant, he could contribute. Well, he's, the, he's not an assistant I know. here. He's I the head coach. He'd probably be better and I, and look, I, we get Dick I Mata think, back. No. I think, look, I that's think beyond. That's scheduled later in the show. You can talk about Dick Mata. Wait, or is that penises? <laughs> Sorry, dog. Look, Go I ahead. Think, I think beyond the X's and O's, I think one of the main reasons Nico Harrison said that, though, is because. You know, you have you have to have the X's and O's to be an NBA coach, obviously. But having good relationships, too, especially with your star players, and not just star players, but on down the bench, you know, everybody being able to, you know, relate to all these guys and, you know, talk to them the right way, and everything, that, that matters, too. And that's something that Jason Kidd, even with all his warts and his previous head coaching stops, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he credits Jay Kidd for his development into what he is now. He went out of his way to credit him after the Bucks won the championship last year, uh, you know, unprompted, just went out of his way and, you know, thanked Jason Kidd. You know, so this isn't something that just hasn't been there. And Jason Kidd's admitted that he's made mistakes in the past with his coaching stuff. And, I mean, it was, it was something where people were – People were justified to doubt him. I'll say that. They were justified in doubting him, but they shouldn't be surprised, you know, given how the last couple of years went in L.A., you know, that he had the season he did. So it worked out well. The Mavs technically, you know, I guess you could say they took a gamble, but, you know, the combination of him and Nico Harrison seems to, seems to be working out pretty well right now. Well, very good, Dalton. We are excited about the Mavs' upcoming offseason, about as excited as we can be, I guess. Like you mentioned at the onset here, they don't have the greatest track record of uh, outstanding offseasons or drafts. But well, well, it's going to be different. Hey, it's going to we'll be see. different. It's a, new, it's a new era, guys. It's a new era. You know, Harrison is off to a, to a pretty good start. He signed Reggie Bullock in the last offseason. He ended up being a big piece. And then, you know, uh, the Dinwiddie and Bertans for KP trade turned out mm-hmm. pretty good, too. Of course, and Nico, the, we trust. Right, exactly. See, I trust Nico more than I trust Kid at this point, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for you guys to be the experts and tell everybody Kid's a badass head coach and that he's responsible. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to doubt until I see. see they more made from it to him. the Western Conference Finals, Tim. Did they win it? <laughs> yeah, but neither. Do, what name another coach that you'd rather have? It, it was not unless it's the other three that were the top four in the NBA. I don't they even, don't count. I don't even think they're the best coaches in the league. Hey, he beat the he beats the coach of the year in the second round. Dude, he spanked the coach <laughs> of the year in the second round. Uh, the Mavs draft, uh, of course, the NBA draft coming up June 23rd from the Barclays Center up there in Brooklyn. 
Uh, we'll be looking for that. Dalton, I appreciate you popping on here with us and spending some time. Everybody go check out Dalton over at DallasBasketball.com and on the Mavs Step Back podcast, heard wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe we'll do it again after the draft and catch everybody up. Guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great night. Love talking Mavs. We'll have to do it again. All right, brother. Yes, appreciate sir. you very much. There he goes. Dalton Trigg of the Mavs Step Back Podcast and DallasBasketball.com. Colby, that was a fun segment. It was. Am I supposed to be a kid believer now? Well, you should have been before this. A believer? Yeah. No, no. That's a different. Not a believer? All right, guys. Again, that was my appearance on the Drunk Sports Podcast. Uh, You can find them at Drunk Sports DFW. Uh, I was with my guy, Tim Hamm, who, again, he uh, does some stuff over at DallasBasketball.com dot com every now and then uh, and he's involved with a lot of other websites as well and you can find him at indycar tim on twitter be sure to go like rate and subscribe uh to the math step back podcast and uh like rate and subscribe them as well if you like what you heard they uh they do stuff like this from time to time on the mavs and uh they do a good job with it they, they have a lot of good work so and by the way if you go uh leave a review on apple Podcasts or spotify for the math step back podcast you're entered for a chance to win some of our giveaways that we do from time to time. If it's in season, uh, we try to do a couple of them where we give away tickets. Uh, and then, like right now, we have a bunch of different new T-shirt designs that we've been releasing. Uh, Luca playoff related, uh, the the Mavs believe thing, which is a play on you know the show Ted Lasso, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, we just released a new design where. You know, it's silhouette of Luca, and he's reaching back and slapping the, the Believe sign up above the door. So, uh, some really cool stuff like that. We're going to be giving away a couple of those shirts. Already gave away some of the the shirts where Luca's holding the baseball bat, like Michael Jordan <laughs> saying, everybody acting tough when they're up. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, you know, while it's not in season and, you know, we can't do ticket giveaways and stuff, we are giving away t-shirts uh, throughout the summer. So, be sure to do that. And I just want to give a shout-out to everybody since we didn't do a, a pod immediately after the Mavs got eliminated. But it was such a fun season. Uh, had a great time. Uh, none of this, you know, we, it wouldn't be worth doing any of this without our our fans, without our, you know, our loyal listeners, our day one people. Not, not just the day ones, but, you know, the people that have joined us along the way as well. You guys are awesome and really appreciate it. Uh, you know, this, this is something that, especially throughout a hundred game season, I know I'm not able to, you know, do it a daily podcast like some people do out there, but, you know, between the writing and the podcasting and, you know, everything considered and the day job and all that, it, it, it becomes a lot, but it's worth it. it. It's a lot of fun and, you know, you guys help make it worth it too. So I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for helping make it a special season uh you know as well as what the Mavs did and I can't wait to see what they do this summer and then to jump right back into it uh next year so I appreciate it guys y'all have a great weekend